What's going on, everyone? My name is Brian Williams, and I am the pastor of Restoration Church in Traverse City, Michigan. Thanks so much for allowing us into your digital life and tuning in to this message. If you'd like to get involved with anything we have going on, you can do so at restorationtc.com. While you're there, you can find out about events, get to know a little bit more about what we believe, and you can also give a donation. Now, we're set up a little different than most in that we have a community account where 100% of your donation goes directly back into the community, both locally and globally. We've partnered with organizations like Freedom Builders here in Traverse City, World Orphans, and Charity Water. We also have an overhead account that helps fund the mission and vision of the church. Our vision is people following Jesus, and our mission is transparency, community, and change. Thanks again for checking out the message. Now let's get to it. So you did not watch the Super Bowl. No, I don't remember the last time I didn't watch the Super Bowl. Maybe I was 11. We did. Was we had a few folks over, and we I made... Um, Costco had $5 off their pre-seasoned ribs. Mm. I was like, oh, that's easy. So... I got that because I'm Dutch, and it was like five dollars <laughs> off. Perfect, whatever. Sold. There's a lot of ribs. There's enough for all of us. And then I made ciabatta bread all bread. Sunday afternoon. I started it Saturday night, and then mm. you know finished it on Sunday. Um, still got like four loaves of ciabatta bread <laughs> left over because it makes a lot. Yum. It's like 12, 12 rolls of ciabatta bread. Dude. Twelve. Right, loaves. Loaves, not rolls. Well, the roll turns into a loaf. <coughs> Correct. Um, and so we made, like, pizza sandwiches. Oh, and I also grilled chicken. Um, and so we had, like, chicken parm sandwiches on ciabatta bread. Yum. With ham. I put ham on it to it. Does that make it a Monte Cristo? I th- no, I, Monte Cristo, is that ham and ch- Chicken? I thought that was ham and chicken. Oh, maybe. But that's supposed to be in, like, French toast. <laughs> Those don't go together anyway. No. No, it was, it was so, it was, might be more like a chicken corn dog blue. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many things wrong with that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it was a chicken corn dog blue sandwich. Um, <laughs> and that was really good. And then we just had pizza sandwiches, too. I want all of that. Yeah. Oh, and mozzarella sticks. <sighs> Can't forget the Maz sticks. Fried cheese. Breaded fried cheese. That's and the best. Margaritas. Why did I not come over? Mezcal margaritas, which is the real one. It's smoky. Smoky. Mezcal is a smoky tequila. Smoky tequila. Basically. So yeah, it was uh it was a good time. And then we watched the game, um, which was pretty cool, you know. What was your favorite commercial? Um, <laughs> uh, there was one I can't believe it actually aired. Really? Yeah, because of the innuendo through the whole thing. So there was a a Ram Dodge Ram commercial. Um, that was <laughs> I was very surprised. Uh, that's pretty much the only commercial I remember. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, to go on and YouTube all the commercials. Oh uh, yeah, it was. Um, it did, uh, did make me laugh, but <laughs> now I'm gonna have to. I go don't know see if it. I should confess that or not on this podcast, but do it. <laughs> Maybe you'll get hate mail. Maybe, eventually, one of these days. What no, a... you know what? If I <laughs> okay, so but, uh, proof that nobody hates us because I talked about the show The Last of Us, and oh yeah, uh, we talked about it, and the entire episode. I hadn't watched it yet, but there was an entire episode that was. Uh, all about uh, a gay relationship. And like <laughs> that Tuesday and Thursday, I was promoting this show like hardcore. I was like, man, this show's so great. I hadn't watched the episode <laughs> yet. And so, That's right. Like if I didn't get any hate mail from that, like <laughs> uh, it's just not happening. So I don't think people have the energy to send us hate mail. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's what, um, and, and the Super Bowl was, was pretty good. I hated the ending of the Super Bowl. That sucked. I didn't. I I only read a little um, bit about a penalty. It, 
Yeah, it yeah, and the penalty was somewhat legit. Yeah. But it was just that, you know, it was third and eight. There was a couple minutes left in the game, uh, like a minute 40 or something left in the game. Third and eight at like the 10-yard line, Kansas City had the ball, and they were going to have to kick a field goal, but there was a holding, defensive holding penalty, a barely a defensive Ugh. holding penalty. And and the and the guy admitted to it. Yep, I held him. You know, hoped I would get away with it. Mm-hmm. But it was such a small hold. And, and and for that small of a penalty to have that large of an impact on the game, yeah, that sucks. Because then they didn't get the ball back. Right. Then they, they, they just milked the clock for the last minute forty seconds, kicked a field goal with eight seconds left, and that was it. Like, yeah, that's a that was pretty much the game. And it was a great game throughout the the whole game. Was good. And then. Everyone will just remember that call in field goal. Yeah. It was just, it ended with a with a whimper. Mm. The best meme I saw of it, because that's what we do, right? We look yeah. at memes at, after the fact, yep. was uh, that um, there's that one of like the horse drawing that starts out like at the uh, tail end. Ha ha ha. Tail end <laughs> of the horse is like magnificent, like the legs and stuff. It's like this really, really perfect drawing, and then it just slowly fades into like a stick figure horse. <laughs> By the time it gets to the to the end of the yeah. picture, the drawing is just like stick figure horse. It's like. The Super Bowl this year, like it started out <laughs> so amazing, and then by the end it was just stick figure horse. So, yeah, that's that funny. Was... Did you? Because I didn't. I only read about this ad just last week. But did you have any impression, one way or the other, on the Jesus gets oh, us? Oh right, yeah, commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I want to. Um, did we talk about this Mm-mm. via in in text message? Oh no, it was no. Uh, somebody else. I was texting. Te- texting to? I was texting about That's this. a good that word. A, yeah, Talk, text. Is, yeah, except I don't do that. So Me either. I'm too introverted to do that. Um, <laughs> even if I'm in, in my car or at home, I still won't talk to text. Anyway, my um, the commercials I thought were good. Um, I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. I, I thought the commercials were great. Um uh, speaking to the controversy, so to speak, there's always controversy, always. especially with Christians. You're idiots. About it spend like people spending twenty million dollars for the Super Bowl <laughs> spot, and first of all, did they say because they could use that money to yes, feed the poor? That is exactly oh, what the thing was. Like okay. uh, this is why I don't believe in Christianity or whatever because of all this stuff. But here's my take on it. And maybe this is everybody else's take on it. Maybe you have this. Maybe people just were attracted to negative headlines, and yeah, so like it's true. I don't know. We always say that there's always this huge like uproar. I don't think that there actually is that much of an uproar. Yeah. I mean, if you can quote ten to fifteen tweets, does that constitute uproar? Because there's <laughs> right. a lot of people on Twitter. <laughs> Probably more than thirty. <laughs> so it's not even half. So, um, <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, the uproar was they spent $20 million. First of all, it was financially backed by a bunch of private backers that okay. funded the entire thing. So like the guy who owns Hobby Lobby put yeah. up a bunch of money for it. Um, and some other people put up a bunch of money for it. And if they want to use their money to do that, right? then go for it. I, I mean, I probably can... Think of a few celebrities and really rich people that have spent money on way stupider stuff, like maybe taking a trip to the moon. Right. In or a how spaceship. much do those Botox yeah. surgeries yeah. cost Madonna Any of that. to so, disfigure her face? So that's one thing. Yeah. Number two, what if what if what if somebody saw that commercial or those two commercials? Because I think there were two of them. There was there were two, yeah. Yep. Saw those two commercials. And starts thinking about who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got a massive platform to be able to do this on. Yeah. Like a huge platform to, to get the message of, of Christ across. And the message was perfect. Like it was great. I actually like, watched them last week. I read an article about yeah. them. So I watched them in their entirety and I was blown away. I thought they're so, by like them. all of those commercials are really good. Like yeah. what they're doing is really, really good. Um, so. Uh, yeah. So I, I am fully in support of because what if what if just like one person watches that and it changes their entire life? Mm-hmm. 
let alone how many people watch that and and what's the impact on that what if somebody what if somebody comes to Jesus for the very first time and then take it one step further and be like what if there are some really 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 rich people <laughs> that saw that commercial that decided that they wanted to follow Jesus too and now their 20 million dollar investment becomes a hundred million dollars right because of of the impact that this 20 million dollar impact or the, this $20 million investment had. Mm-hmm. Who are we to say right. that God's not going to use that $20 million for those Super Bowl commercials and, and, and explode it, and, and the return is fivefold, tenfold? Like, why are we shortchanging God in all of this? Why, why are we in charge of how other people spend their money? Yeah. Like for every person in the '90s that that complained, sorry, that complained about the Ten Commandments not being in public, mm-hmm. how many of them had them hanging in their homes? <laughs> right. And None. do you know all ten? Right. <laughs> right. And do you is that why them? you're mad because you, exactly. you don't know all ten, and that's a good place you could go to? Search. No, I can't see them anymore. <laughs> so how many people who complain, and it's a common complaint about how Christians spend their money because they could use it for something else? How many of those people use their money? To help yeah. the poor and feed the poor and clothe the poor. And I, I, maybe there are, but I'm going to guess no. Well, and, and and that goes back even, I mean, we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. Who was it uh, um, who poured out all of her most expensive perfume? Oh, Mary. Mary, yeah. The oil, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, of the Martha and Mary. Right. Mary. Mary. Not the mom. Not mom. Not Mama yep. Mary. Yeah. Or Mama Mia. Yeah. <laughs> Any of those. Or not it. But Martha's she, sister. She, yeah. <laughs> she uh Lazarus's sister. Yeah. Um, Laz. Laz. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're Sorry, gonna finish I had it so many other thoughts that just popped into my head that are so not okay to talk say about. It, say it, say I'll it. say them afterwards because okay. I don't want to get hate mail. Um but I do. No, I really don't want to say that one. Uh, she 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 breaks the jar of perfume and um, puts it all over Jesus's feet, and people complain to her mm-hmm. like we could have used this money to feed the poor. To feed the poor, and Jesus's response is, "The poor you will always have with you, but I'm only going to be here for a little while." Mm-hmm. And what she's doing is good. So there you go. Oh, so Jesus said that. Hmm. Ouch. Okay. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't be up in arms over this. Yeah. And maybe God put it on their heart to do this whole commercial and do this whole campaign. Campaign. The He Gets Us campaign is incredible. I don't think anybody complains about what the budget is for The Chosen. Right. No, they don't. I don't even know what the budget is for The Chosen. It's been going up. But... I've got to say it's got to be darn near close 20 million now, right? Or more. I think it's 40 million a season for season 3. Okay. And if you watch it and see the quality of it. Right. It's phenomenal. But who wants to watch crap? Like I didn't watch it for the longest time cuz I thought it was a cheesy Yeah, because Christian we've all seen the lame. cheesy Christian movie, right? Oh, they're so bad. And people are always going to be like, "We need to support it because, you know, how else are we going to Christian get made, made it. It's like, "No. It's crap. If, if it's crap, I'm, I'm not, not watching gonna, it. If it's good, people will fund it. Yeah. People will get behind it if it's good. And people will watch it. That's the same mentality I have. Yeah, and people will watch it. So, if you make good content, you can make good content cheap. Yeah. Look look at it's always sunny in Philadelphia. Okay, <laughs> I, I'm not condoning it. I'm not saying go watch it. All I'm saying is this is the example that Christians can look at mm-hmm. and be like, "Well, we didn't have any money, so how are we? Sh- you just got to support it because it's it's Christians." Like, no, no I don't. I'm I don't have to do crap. that. <laughs> it's always sunny in Philadelphia. They shot what the first two or three episodes all on their own. Mm-hmm. And they started pitching it everywhere. Like they had their own camera. They invested everything they had. Those three guys: uh, Charlie Day, uh, I don't know the other ones. Rob, Rob McElhenney, and I don't remember the third one. Say his real name. Yeah, McElhenney. Yeah, McElhenney. <laughs> Sorry. Yep. They go and they 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 just shot it all around Boston. They got their friends to help out. <laughs> like they just did it because they believed in what they were doing and they believed it was a good product and they believed it could be funny. 
the quality wasn't awesome, but they believed in what they were doing yeah. and they thought it could work. And then they pitched it to every single radio or radio station, every <laughs> single TV station, and one of them picked them up. And then it's been it's it's the it's, it's the most successful TV show as far as like longest running mm-hmm. um, outside of like The Simpsons, like the the it's longest animated, right, so it's different. The longest running live action <laughs> TV show. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I knew it was wildly successful, and it's been right. on forever. Yeah, and and because of that, so when you when 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 somebody's like, no, we have to watch this because it's Christian. I know the quality's not great, but they didn't have any money. I was like, no, that's yeah. not the reason why. If you have a good product, people will back it, people will fund it, and people will watch it. Yeah, it's the same. Like it's the same thing with. Um, it, it's the same same idea I have. Like when I was doing worship ministry. Uh, at the church previous, like <laughs> w- w- there weren't very many of us to start out um, on the worship team. There was very few of us mm-hmm. actually, but we started to have a quality experience and a quality worship experience. And it mattered that we were playing the right chords and singing right. the right notes. And then that attracted other people that wanted to be a part of what we were doing because excellence brings out excellence yes. and it makes people want to get involved with excellent and so the worship team grew because we were excellent when we didn't have much mm-hmm. and and oh maybe was there a verse about being faithful with a little, little and i'll give you a lot with much? that's know. interesting how that all comes together so we can't just that's yeah this is a big pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. because and honestly it's something that i wrestled with for the first year or so at, at restoration was like I still wanted it to be excellent right but I didn't want to put too much into it either right. um and that's a big long conversation that we're <laughs> gonna have for another day but um it, it, it bothers me when we don't how, how do I say this when we when we don't put our all into something mm-hmm. because it's church, right? Or it's it's just it's just for the church, or it's just for that. Like, or it's, we expect people to like it, like you said. Yeah, we expect people to show up because well, it's church. You're I'm supposed believer. to be here. Yeah, I love Jesus. So if you should like it. Yep. Yeah. The so we we moved to the to the back of mm. the brewery, and um, I don't know how many people caught this. I caught it, and I hated, I hated it. <laughs> Two weeks ago, um. There was a ladder out, and I had to plug it. I had to plug in some lights <laughs> up top, and I said it probably three or four times. Ah, I need to grab that ladder. I need to grab that ladder. I need to grab that ladder. But I was doing so many other things that morning. Like there's all those just little things that keep popping up. Yeah. Like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And I and I forgot to get the ladder. It was the last thing I was gonna do. And then it was like we're already late. I got to get started. And I get started, and I look over, and there's the freaking ladder and i'm like oh no i left the ladder was off it's like side. a 20 foot tall ladder yeah, wasn't it's it? not a small ladder <laughs> i don't know orange. how many people noticed i it. did yeah <laughs> kelly did but it's that kind of a thing where some people are like who cares it's right. the worship of god we we will worship anywhere that's a great mentality to have mm-hmm. not everybody's going to have that mentality and i'm looking after the people who are going to come in for the first time and be like this is the offering that you're giving to your god yeah that this, this is crap, and whatever we have that we give. If people see that and they go, "No, that's crap. I don't want any part of that." Yeah. Then, what are we doing? We're bad ambassadors when we do that. Yeah. We're so, ambassadors for Christ. So no, I haven't watched Left Behind. <laughs> so lame. With Kirk Kirk Cameron. Cameron or the Nicolas Cage one. Oh, there's a Nicolas Cage one? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Which, when I was in high school, like, that was my dream. I was like, when I... To be Left when Behind? I, no, no, no. no. Oh. <laughs> I, I built a cast uh, for oh. a Left Behind movie because yeah. I was all about the Left Behind I series. remember liking the books. I read yeah. the books back when they came out. They were good. Yeah. Movie. So gruesome. You know what's like. funny? The guy who wrote Left Behind... Yeah. Tim LaHaye and Jerry B. Jenkins. Yes. So half of that duo... Yep. And, and what's left behind the rapture, Jesus coming yeah. back, end of the world. When, even though Jesus doesn't know, he says in scripture he doesn't know when mm-hmm. that time is, 
He wants everyone to have heard the gospel. Yeah. So I think it's funny that Jenkins' son is the one who created and directs and is the main writer of The Chosen, which has now been translated into 600 languages and is being funded to be taken all around the world so everyone gets a chance to hear the gospel. And it's like, how how book-ended would that be if he's the one that's going to be the catalyst for every person to be able to have access to the gospel? Yep. I just think that's funny. And on that note, too, and this is just the thing about that just makes you shake your head because there are there are Christians who are very anti the chosen yes they hate it for a couple of different reasons number one because there's a depiction of Jesus (laughs) and they don't believe that there should because in the Bible says don't make any images of I think they should all go on tour of Rome and riot (laughs) and bust out all the stained glass windows of every cathedral because those are images of the second one is because (laughs) they're taking some creative license with some of the stuff that Mm -hmm. conversation didn't actually happen that's uh, we need to stick and if we add to scripture again going to the Bible if you add to scripture you know uh, you're going to hell all all that like I I can't remember the verse but it's in there it is don't add to scripture yep and so they're quoting that verse with this well if that's the case then every single sermon I preach (laughs) I'm I'm adding to scripture yeah I talked a lot about John the Baptist, and I'm, we made some connections that aren't clearly presented. Mm-hmm. We don't know that his life was an actual model for how, that, how Israel was supposed to be living apart from society. Right. But based on some other things in Scripture that God tells prophets to do, we can assume yes. the same thing for John the Baptist, that he's living out in the wilderness because he's trying to be an example of how Israel is to live apart from society. Yes. Like, we don't need to conform to the patterns of this world, but be mm-hmm. transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12, 1 and 2, which we're going to talk about. Yes. But it's plausible. But it's plausible. That that's the And case. it's probable. Yes. Uh, and so we make those connections, and we add to every time I tell a story, mm-hmm. every time I start a sermon out with a story, People can say I'm embellishing. People can say you're adding to scripture. People can say whatever. If that's if that's the letter of the law, if that's what we're gonna do, then I'll I'll, I'll happily my prep time is gonna be zero <laughs> right. at this point. I'm because gonna all I'm Bible gonna do go is we're just gonna read scripture. Yeah. We'll read scripture for forty five minutes, which is about how long my sermons are, mm-hmm. and then be done. No commentary, no exposition, none of that. Just here's the scripture. Here's scripture bye. There, we didn't add to it. <laughs> That's the viewpoint we're taking with the chosen. Yeah. Is saying, oh, nope, sorry, stick to the scripture. Yep, and it's stupid. Yeah. It's lazy. I think it's careless and it's dangerous. Yeah. I think people I think people who do that need to use their energy to take a look mm-hmm. at themselves. Like the plank and the splinter. Take the plank out of your eye. Yeah. It's not even actually that case because the chosen isn't contradicting scripture. No. And if you if you watch it and think it is, you need to read scripture. Right. If you hear anything that Dallas Jenkins ever says about it, it's to to get you interested in scripture so that you will investigate who Jesus really was and yeah. is um, and read your Bible more. Yeah. And this has been over and over. If it's not that we're going to get upset about something. Right. Um it's just our nature as Christians to do this. Uh, if it wasn't that, it was... Um, remember when Eugene Peterson came out with a message? Yes. And uh, like everybody was up in arms over that, too. Yes, because he was twisting scriptures and all this other kind of stuff. But what Eugene Peterson was doing, he had an entire congregation that was not very literate mm-hmm. and didn't understand the Bible and didn't understand... So he decided that he was just going to put it in their terms yes, and in a way that they could understand it. And so he just rewrote, didn't rewrite, translated it. Um, what's the word? It's not I, a it's, translation. My mind just went blank. It's There's a translation all the way to a paraphrase. A para, it's a he paraphrase. He paraphrased yes. scripture so people could understand yep. the message. Yep. He did not change the message. <laughs> That's what it's called. He didn't change the message. He changed the presentation of the message so people could understand yes. it. Yep. 
Who wouldn't do that if they can? Yeah, if it was going to bring somebody to Christ, right. and it's not, it's it, again, I understand, but you're not changing the message. Right. You're you're paraphrasing it in a way that somebody could understand. Anytime we talk about, anytime I preach a sermon, yeah, we're paraphrasing so that people can understand, so that anybody, all flesh, mm-hmm. is what it says in Isaiah. Right. Uh, that's that was quoted in the text that we we read this yeah. past weekend. So that all flesh <laughs> will know God. All flesh. So we're going to do whatever we can. Yes. We're going to stay true to the gospel, and we're going to do whatever we can so that all yeah. flesh will know who Jesus is. And gospel means good news, not scripture. Yeah. And, oh, here, here we go. If you're, if you're listening and you are the person who's angry about the paraphrase, then I hope that in your study or on your couch, you have the Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew versions <laughs> of the Bible. Right. Because anything else isn't the original. Yep. King James Version isn't the original. No. The NIV Version isn't. The right. New Living Translation isn't. Yeah. So read your Aramaic, Greek, and Hebrew. Yep. And then come talk to me about changing yep. any of the words and translating or paraphrasing scripture. Because though their vocabulary is so much shorter than ours. I mean, yeah. they didn't have as many words. Sentence so structure sentence is different. It's all different. Yeah. And so that's why we have... Just a quick lesson. That's why we have so many translations. Mm-hmm. Some of them translate it. I believe the ESV is this way. It's like a 10th grade reading level. Um, yes, and the average American has a 7th grade reading right. level. And so you've got the ESV, which is which is that, and they're going word for word. Like it's a word for word translation. Close. Uh, yeah, it's trying. Mm-hmm. It, as it's as trying good to, as it can yeah. be, it's a word for word translation, yeah. which is what I really like about the ESV. Me too. But then you've got the NIV, and I believe the NLT is this way as well, mm-hmm. where it's a, um, it's the thought. it's it's the thought, it's the statement, it's it's not word for word, but it's the thought mm-hmm. that's being translated, and so that's why you have some different variations and words and all that kind of stuff. Both of them are good. Yeah. Choose which one you can read best that you understand. That you understand, and go that way. If you want to dig deep, the ESV Study Bible, go go for that one. Like yeah. that's a great one to get into. Like if you want to it just is. dive deep into the text, all that kind of stuff. Like do that. And that's that's why the King James version is difficult for people to read today because that's the closest thing we have to a word for word translation. Yeah. So if you think of it on a linear scale, if you're looking all the way to the right, and that's the Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, very near that is the King James Version. Right. That The right half of that line is translation. The left half of that line is paraphrase. Yep. And the farther you get to the left, <laughs> farther you get to the left, don't even be reading stuff into this yeah. right and left stuff. It's a direction. Um, but the farthest you get away from the original, the more it's a thought for thought. Right. And it's also people can understand the good news of Jesus Christ. Yep. Not, I mean, nobody said thou in Romans time. Right. That's how it was translated in the 1600s yep. um, by a homosexual king. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so let's cancel him. And then we have to cancel the Bible because a, a gay man, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Commissioned that to be translated. Yeah. That negates it now because he was gay. Right. We have to cancel everyone. Yeah. That's another. That was free. <laughs> but anyway. Interesting. So <laughs> you've same. got the... Um, Kelly knows her history and English, <laughs> so don't even don't even try to come at Kelly, because also she's a second-degree black belt, and she will kick your butt, okay? So it's the last resort, but so I'll do it. three no. things, all right? English major, history, buff, and <laughs> black belt. Those three things. Remember those about Kelly. She ain't Great afraid man. of nobody. All right? Good. Um, well, we have that settled. So you've got King James on on one end, and then on the all the way on the other side, would you've be got the message. message. Yeah, yep. And all of them in between. Pick yep. one you can understand. Yep. And uh, there you go. Yeah. Because instead of arguing about that, let's look at how we're living those words that are in there that we're arguing about the way they're structured and phrased and written. Yeah. So we could maybe even jump right into Romans twelve one and two. Yeah. No matter what, the, we should read it in different translations. Ooh. Since we have phones with that capability. Yeah, we do. Okay. All right. You do the Aramaic, I'll do the Greek. Okay. <laughs> Just Romans kidding. Romans 12. We, we touched briefly on it this past weekend, and so that's why we're bringing it up here. Yes. 
The ESV says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's the ESV version. I like it. I have the NIV version open. All right. Because that's my study Bible. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Great. Here's the NLT. And so, dear brothers and we're going to get this in your brains, whether in your you brain. want it to or not. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Nice. I have the Shakespeare version. Okay. This is the King James version. I will not call it the authorized version. Good. Okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I beseech you. You know, of all the things in the English language, I wish we would say that more. I think we should bring that word back. I beseech you. But I beseeched you. You must. And then just for kicks and giggles, I'm going to give you the message version. That's the what I was going to ask. Version. Yeah, I don't have that one. Uh, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you. Or, I'm sorry. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. There you go. Same message. Yep, just different different words. So we could even sit here and go, how many different ways could I tell someone to shut up? (laughs) I could say... Please refrain from speaking. I beseech thee. (laughs) I beseech thee to cease speaking aloud or shut the f*** up. Yeah. Same message, different audience. Or, hey, let's quiet down. Hey, can we keep it down over there? Yep. Can you shut your mouth? Can I have your attention, please? Close your pie hole. Yeah. There's so (laughs) many different ways to say the same thing. And that's okay. Yeah. Actually, I'm distracted by the cobweb hanging off your foot. It wasn't a cobweb. It was uh, fuzzy from the rug. A rug fuzzy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. So we do want to dive into that, though, because um, it was what John the Baptist was telling them with his life, allegedly, and uh, with his words. I mean, the whole part of what he was talking about to do you know, if you've got two tunics, give one to your to your somebody that doesn't have one. <laughs> Sorry. If to you, your to your to, to your, your somebody who doesn't have one. T- t- today, Junior. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you have Shut up, food, give some food to somebody else that doesn't have any. Uh, right. And then he tells the tax collectors to do it honorably. Quit robbing people. He quit robbing people. He tells the soldiers to. Um, just be soldiers. Just be civil, and don't yes. try to get more out of that. Just do, do your, your work job. and you be one content. Job. Be content with what you have. Um, so he's telling them to not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Don't start acting like the world. Don't start being like the world. But but be transformed. Um, and so I want to dive into that a little bit more of what that looks like for us today. 
first of all, what are the patterns of this world? Which is funny. Let's let's not focus on the the patterns of this world maybe being worse because I love how you called the time Gotham <laughs> Gotham City. Yeah. I mean I mean seriously, things wars, rumors of wars, stress, theft, unrest, civil disobedience, uncivil disobedience. It's it, nothing has really changed. Jaywalking. <laughs> I got in trouble in Columbus for jaywalking. Did you? I actually laughed at the police officer because I thought he was joking because I was a dumb sophomore in high school at the time, and yeah. he was angry. Yeah. Um, I was down there for a Russian language competition at Ohio State, the Ohio State University. It's an Ohio State It's <laughs> the Ohio State University. Anyway, he got mad at me. And I got a lecture on being safe and following the rules. And I never forgot that. And Hmm. I think that was about 150 years ago. Did you speak to him in Russian? Nope. Because I wasn't, he was mad. I wasn't fooling around. Yeah. Because, you know, when you get stopped by a police officer, why do we think we can mouth off or not listen or be a smart aleck? Seriously. (laughs) When did that start? Well, that's the pattern of this world. Thank you. That was my segue. Okay, so we're looking what at... What were you saying? You were, you were having a thought. You were going <laughs> I was, somewhere with I that. I was going somewhere with that. Don't remember. Oh, uh, Gotham City of the... Movies. Oh, yeah. This isn't... Uh, the time we're in actually is irrelevant. I mean, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah. So, so to focus our energies and our attention on the way things are is a big, fat waste of time and energy and attention. Agreed. The only amount we need to give it is to make sure we aren't participating in it. And to recognize what is godly and scriptural and what isn't, so that we we only need to know how to behave by scripture. So, bemoaning the fact of the way things are is is stupid. Yeah, that's where I was going with that. I agree with that. Things are how they are. How are we supposed to behave? And the big two two big things to think of as we dive into this um, Romans twelve one and two, and then. Hopefully we have time to get into the Galatians because that's how you know if you're living Romans 12, 1 and 2 is if you look like Galatians 5, 22 and 23. Um, is <laughs> I forgot the two things. Oh, my goodness, they're gone. They are gone. Oh, we're ambassadors for Christ. Yes. And they will know us by our love. So if you don't know where to start, let's just start with those two things. If you're a follower of Christ, you're his ambassador, and how are you looking to people? Yeah. And if... If Jesus says, well, Scripture does tell us, they'll know us by how we love each other, H- how does that look? Yep. So there we go. Now we can dive in. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's a good preface. Your face, preface. For the conversation, which right we're on. already deep into. Um, Correct. And, and, and I think all the things that we led up to, we talked about leading up to this, all enforces the idea that we need to be renewed, like we need to have the renewing of our mind. We need to let Scripture impact us in a way where we're not fighting about how people are spending their money. Right. Uh, and, and, or, or, or how we're, we're, we're portraying Christ in, in a TV series or, you know, whether it's scriptural or, or, or not, there's, there's much, much bigger battles for us to be fighting. Mm -hmm. And what I see here is we're just fighting this against each other where it's a civil war. Uh, and we've been at a civil war, a Christian civil war since Jesus left. Yeah. Um, well, actually even before that. Well, yeah. Uh, so, we we need to let scripture and this is what the renewing of our mind is this is allowing scripture to work into our minds and then and then let that work into our hearts um i somebody says it often that the the longest distance is between the mind and the heart. The 18 inches, inches or 18, yeah, 18, yeah. 12. Depends on how tall you are. If you're you a are. wrestler and you have no neck, it's 12 <laughs> yeah, inches. Yeah. Where yeah. your neck at, Nick? If you're six foot five, it's probably more like twenty. Could um, be. Yeah. So, th- just just that idea, like letting it letting it work its way into your life. Um, but we can even be more um, active than it's a passivity thing too by allowing it to work. But we can activate that. Well, yeah. 
Yeah. We can literally change the the physical makeup of our mind, right. of our brain yes. by changing our thought process. Yep. So how do we do how do we change how do we let that work? How do we change our mind? I need Clayton for this conversation. <laughs> um one one way that I've done it effectively, and if people ask me, I tell them is um, if you first of all take the time to identify your thought patterns that are not aligned with scripture. Yeah. Um, most of it with people I talk to is about self worth. Mm-hmm. So if you're down on yourself and you think you're not worthy, okay, find that in the Bible. Find somewhere in scripture to back that up where it says you're not worthy. Well, there's a lot of it. We aren't worthy because we're fallen. But there's scripture that says God makes us worthy. Yeah. We're a child of the king. We're heirs with Christ. So you replace that thought with a truth. You identify it as the lie that it is. You replace it with a truth. And then every time you start to think you're not worthy, you start thinking about the truth of that. Yeah. And that literally gets into your brain and into your mind. It's how we teach kids math or yep. science or yep. reading. You just do the right thing over and over and over yeah. again. And you can have those statements that's like, yeah, I'm a horrible person, a screw-up, and I've, <laughs> I don't deserve <laughs> all the things that I have, but yeah. by the grace of God, because of what he's done for yeah. me, I am blessed. I am, I am I'm reconciled with God, reconciled and that, with God. that yeah. relationship is no longer broken. Yeah, and so that, like, there's always, I th- did we talk about this last week? Like, yeah, we did, about bringing it back up yes. and, like, ending those statements with, but this is who God made me to be. Yes. So many times we put it all in ourself, and, mm-hmm. like you said, self-worth, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm doing this, I'm struggling here, I'm there, blah, 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 blah. And we never follow it up with, like, nope, the we got to live in this. I talked about it. Mm-hmm. I did a weekend retreat a few weeks ago uh, at a camp, and and um, we were talking about Romans six twenty three, which is um, for the wages of sin is death. But but <laughs> best but in the world. <laughs> we'll just leave that right there. The, the <laughs> gift of God is eternal life uh, through Christ Jesus our Lord, and. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So many of us live still in the death of sin. Even if we're saved, even if we are following Jesus, we still live in that mm-hmm. uh, for the wages of sin is death. Our mentality is the wages of sin is death. Our The way in which we live our lives mm-hmm. is the wages of sin is death. The, we, we have this defeatist mentality, and we forget all about the second half of that verse. But the gift of God, the free gift of God, is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we don't live in that victory. We live in the death of, of defeat. Yeah, and we wallow in it, and we say that's just the way I am. And that's conforming to the patterns of this world. Yes. And two things are wrong with that, in my opinion. One, you are... I think one is worse than the other. One is you're you're not having an abundant life. You can have an abundant life. We're going to talk about being content. You don't need perfect circumstances to have an abundant life. I've, I've never felt more at peace than when I was at the worst, worst spot in my life and more close to God. So we can have an abundant life if we, again, don't look at the world's definition of what an abundant life is, but what Christ's definition is. Yeah. And then what does that say about, I think it's a pride issue. You're telling God he can't help you. You're telling God he can't fix things, that he doesn't have it, that, and so you just live like that. And I think the most dangerous part is people are watching you. And if you're living, if people know you're a believer and you're like down all the time and defeated, nobody's going to want that. There is no power of Christ in your life. And that's, to me, that's the worst part of it is Mm -hmm. how many people will not come to Christ because you're a sad sack, negative, awkward, anxious, ball of a mess with no hope. Mm-hmm. You can be all those things and be hopeful and content and yeah. know that everything will be able, Even if everything's not going to be okay until you're in heaven, yeah. you know that everything one day will work out. Yeah. One of the most powerful scenes in The Chosen that I can think of, there's actually a lot of them, but one of the followers, they gave a limp, a physical. Yeah. The actor's actually, I think he has cerebral palsy and something mm. else. And so... I don't know if one of the disciples 
was crippled, right. but this actor is, and so they're using it. Hmm. And so the scene is when God, Jesus divides them up to send them out two by two, which is in scripture, and gives them the power to heal, yeah. which is in scripture. So he's telling this crippled guy to go heal people when he hasn't, this, huh. this crippled guy has been watching Jesus heal, and it's like, well, why haven't you healed me? Yeah, He's physically in pain. He's slow. He walks with a limp. And that conversation was so powerful about how, I think in the show he talks about the Father and I trust you enough with this. Mm. Like there's going to be a ton of stories of people who were healed. But what is your story? How powerful will your story be if you still share my gospel and talk about me while you are not healed. And then he went on to say, and you know one day you will be healed. Yeah. That day for you is just gonna be in heaven. Yeah. Why don't we why don't we care yep. about that hope? Yep. Like it might suck here for the next twenty years for you. But if you if you understand eternity yep. that we're just a blip it's it's where's your that's your hope your yeah. hope just might not be on this earth my dad's hope wasn't he loved living life he loved life he died at 69 of cancer mm-hmm. he knew he was going to be healed he knew where he was going and he knew everything would be fine there was his hope he yeah. didn't mope around the last seven months of his life right he wasn't thrilled about it obviously but yeah. he lived his life we had he lived within the parameters of his health by then yeah he had company he visited we chatted we watched movies and sports and hockey and hung out and then he died. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's whole and healthy and he can see out of both eyes and he doesn't have cancer. Yeah. So I don't, I, the, we don't have the luxury, I guess is what I'm trying to say, to mope and whine and stay in our bad circumstances mm-hmm. and not try and look to Jesus and allow him to work in our life right. and to ignore all of the truth that we have at our disposal in any kind of language that we can understand. Even if you can't read, you can listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, that's why I love that song, the hymn, It Is Well. That's one of so, my favorites. It's one of my favorites as well. As well, it is well, as well. Um, well, I like that song. Well, it is well, it is well. It's, it's a very well done song. It should be song. like, welp, it is welp, well. It is welp. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So <what>? Michigan. <laughs> welp. Welp. It is welp. I know my family just drowned, but... <laughs> welp. Uh, <laughs> best get to work. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so the, the, the point of that song is that even, even, though, even though I'm in a time of trouble, even though I might not ever get out of this, even though... Uh, life is life. Yeah. Um, I, I, I still, my still soul, soul can still <laughs> sing. I don't Easy know for you to say. how many strokes I've had. But <laughs> we are also distracted by this beam of light coming yeah, through the window that, that we don't like, recognize. I, I think, I think, I think our government should shoot it out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? I think it was the sun. Dang it. Oh no. <laughs> We're going to freeze to death in 20 minutes. Uh, anyway, the <laughs> point for that is that even through all of that, my soul will still say it is well. What it is it? Is whatever well. it is well the King James Version. Whatever my lot. Yes. Thou hast taught me to say. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. even if I'm not healed, even if this Jesus is still enough. Right. And that's the, that's the whole point. I mean, that's the point of that story that you were sharing from the chosen is like, even if, none of this actually happens. Is Jesus still enough for right. you? Because Jesus wants followers, not fans. Exactly. He wants people who are going to be committed no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that was the last point uh, of the sermon was um, our, our works um, should point to our faith in Christ um, and that he's enough. He's got the winnowing fork in his hand, and he's baptizing by the Holy Spirit and with mm-hmm. fire. Um, just one baptism, <laughs> right? Not not three. When, the, when 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 we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and um, and then the baptism by fire as well, uh, mm-hmm. which is he's going to take away everything that you thought you needed. 
And he will. I thought I needed a husband. Yep. Gone. Yep. Did he, was that a punishment? No. Yeah. Did he use a, like Romans eight twenty eight? He'll work all things together for good for those who love him and are yep. called according to his purpose. Yep. So if things aren't working out, you could ask yourself why. Yeah. Kind of chase that down. Yeah. Because my guess is you might have something to do with it. And you're following the wrong spirit. Yeah. Which leads us to the next uh, Galatians 5, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, five nineteen through 23. So are you following the works of the flesh or are you following the fruit of the spirit? Are you following the spirit there, there, thereby having the fruit of the spirit? Or are you following flesh, which gives you the works of the flesh? Right. And so, the list is very clear in whatever translation or yeah, paraphrase you're reading. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right there, and you can you can go through that list and be like, okay, which one am I? Wh- which camp do I have more in line with? Mm-hmm. Do I find myself having more fits of rage? Do I find myself more angry? Do I find myself more jealous? Do I find myself more uh, having having more enmity, strife? Um, which, I mean, drunkenness, yeah, sexual immorality of. Of all kinds. Even factions, that's a word from the NIV. Yeah. Are you divided? Yeah. Are you divided Divisions. in your family? Yep. What's the root cause of that division? Yeah. I mean, you might think you know what the division, the cause is, but really what's the root cause of that yeah. division? What's the fruit of my labors here? Am mm-hmm. I feeling this? Or if I'm led by the Spirit, I'm going to have the work of the Spirit in my life, and I'm going to bear the fruit, which is also what John says, like, you're going to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything else is going to get cut down. So the only thing that's going to remain is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self control, faithfulness is in there. Yeah. Um, those are the things that are going to remain. But we keep clinging to these all these all these other things. And we're like, no, I think I need that. I think I need that. I think I need that. And God's mm-hmm. like, no, you don't. And that's where your anger is coming from. Right. That's where your your fits of rage is. Co- that's where all these things are coming from because we think we need all these other things. And it's like, if you would just trust me, that yeah, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No yeah. one comes to the Father except through me. So if we actually trust that Jesus is the way, if we actually trust that he is the, the truth, if we actually trust that he is the life, then the works of the Spirit are going to be evident in our lives. Mm-hmm. More and more. So basically, if you were wondering how to boil this down to get through another day or week or whatever, just ask yourself, do you believe what you say you believe? Yeah. And are you living that out? Mm -hmm. Because if you believe it, these results in Galatians 5, 22 and 23 will be more evident. Not that you have them perfectly down, yeah. but more and more, if, if people described you, would they describe you as a, would they describe you as an angry person or a content person? Or a peaceful, do they want to be around you? Or when things get rough, do you freak out? Are you divisive? Mm-hmm. And you, yeah. Man, once, you're start, once your actions start matching up with what you what say you, you believe, believe. Um, it's going to unlock a whole new world, a whole new level for you. Because yeah. um, it's not any easier but you're going to find those things from the spirit that are going to start filling up your life. And man, it's Mm -hmm. tough. It's, it's so tough to act these things out, to actually live out these Mm -hmm. things, not just, not just believe them, but then to put it into action, put it in to choose it. Yeah. To choose to be that way, to live that way. It's like, Oh man. So I don't know. We were just discussing the prodigal son before the, podcast and you know put yourself in those shoes okay which which person in that story which character in that story are you are you uh because there's a lot to that Mm -hmm. there's you know three central characters but there's also all these other characters that when you dive into the text dive into the story of what Mm -hmm. this actually was um i heard a brilliant message on it recently that i i'm going to share a little bit of it um, are you the father? Do you identify yourself as the father, lavishing out all these gifts and just freely giving grace and mercy and love to everybody that comes in? Or are you the son who squandered it all away, took advantage of your inheritance and, and 
now are coming back with a whole bunch of humility. What does that look like to mm-hmm. to have all humility to be like I can't handle this on my own and I need you? After I took everything After from I you took and everything. was rude and disrespectful yep. and screwed yep. you out, screwed yep. you over at. Sorry. <laughs> or or are you the older brother that's now resentful because the father's given all the stuff to the younger brother and had this party and he's he's a sad panda because <laughs> he's been there this whole time doing the quote unquote right thing. Um Actually, he's so pissed he won't even go to the banquet. Won't even, yeah, won't even come inside. And yeah. the father comes out and pleads with him, right? Begs with him to come back come inside. Come in and celebrate. And man, that's the that's the truth. The father is coming out to these religious people, people who are bashing the chosen, right. people who are like Angry and and, about and honestly, the there's times where it's you and me, yeah, that he's doing this with, and um, yeah. and he's saying, man, can you give up your religiosity and just come back in because there's a great party happening and, and the only one that you're you're punishing is yourself. Yeah. Um, but then you think further into the story and the way that the story is, uh, if you had a property like that, um, essentially what would happen is there, there would be a gate at the front of the property house uh, wherever you were at. And um, there would be basically people at the gate that would protect the home for you. If the son got to that gate before the father did, <laughs> the people that were at the gate, their right would have been, at the very best, get out of here, never come back again. You're banished. You you don't belong here. You don't get to contact your dad ever again. Just he get out left. of here. Yeah. Um, at worst, they could pick up stones and start throwing them at him. Mm-hmm. And he would be killed right there. So when the father is looking out every single day for the son to see if he's going to sh- show up that day, he's doing it for a couple of reasons. One, to protect his son and because he really wants his son back. And yeah. so when he sees his son and he starts booking it, hiking up his <laughs> his, his robe. Uh, and, and Which and is totally <clears throat> indignant, a sign yeah. of indignity, right. like it's not total undignified yeah. act for a grown man yep. and head of this yep. household to do. Yep. He's hiking it up to his thighs and running. Running. The reason he's doing so is he's got to get, he's got to get to the sun before, before the sun gets to the gate. Yeah. And, and, you have this picture of this moment where the sun wraps his arms or, or where the father wraps his arms around the sun, to embrace him, but also protect him from the from the people at the gate. Mm-hmm. And some of us are the people at the gate. Yeah. And so. Um, yeah. And when Jesus shares that parable, he's uh, it's a, it was a known parable in the time. The parable doesn't end that way. <laughs> Jesus changed the ending. It's like an M Night Shyamalan movie, or no? It's like a uh, it's like a uh, Quentin Tarantino. There movie. you go. Yeah, I didn't he, see that coming. Where he he changes the ending. Yeah. and says, um, <laughs> because in, in in the original ending, the, that's what happens to the son. He's not allowed to come back, and the rabbis are like, yes, that is that's the way it should that's be because that be. was his choice. But Jesus changes it so. When we look at that story and we practically live it out in our lives, we have to act like the Father. And we have to be honest about who we often are. And how do I change that? And how does that play out in everyday life? And it's it's not... You can be saying, yep, I'm going to do that. And that's awesome because that's where it starts with the decision. But by the end of the day, are you are you doing that in the moments if someone cuts you off in traffic? That's just what I was thinking. <laughs> that's the most common. Yeah. Because honestly, people don't know how to drive up here. Right. So that's a great. And it's people so are frustrating. Always pulling out in front of me or hitting yep. their brakes or whatever, and so how do you respond when that happens? Yeah. How do you respond when things don't go your way? How do you respond when I don't know? Maybe you have stocks and they fall out and you lose a bunch of money on your retirement. Yeah. How do you respond? That tells you who your faith and trust is in and where your faith and trust is. Yep. How do you respond if you get fired and you shouldn't have or if things aren't going your way at work or school or at your house? Maybe you're right, but so what? Yeah, because yeah. look at the right perspective. First John, I don't remember what chapter and verse, but behold what manner of the Father... <laughs> Let me say this again. <laughs> Wait, it has to be your bowl. Uh, 
<laughs> Tommy boy. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished yes. onto us. That's also a song that I learned in the Baptist church. Behold what manner of love the Father has completely poured out. Yeah. The way in which he's poured out. He hasn't held anything back. He's lavished his love onto us. That we might be called sons and daughters mm-hmm. of God. So if he's lavished that love out on us, he's poured that love out onto us, what are we, why are we withholding? Why are we Mm -hmm. keeping any of it back? If we've been poured out onto, why why would we not also do the same thing? Whether we're in traffic, at Home Depot, at the grocery store, or in our own family's lives, why why do we not also lavish out love and grace and mercy? Freely you have received, so freely you should give. Yeah. So that's what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind and not conforming to the patterns of this world. Everything changes. Yep. Yes. It's easy, but it's simple, but it's not easy. Yes. Correct. Correcto. Absimundo. Cool. I think that about covers it. I think so. We're about an hour in, so. That'll do it. We're going to wrap this thing right up. That's a wrap. Thank you for being a part of it. We will see you guys on Sunday for church at <laughs> Rate Brain Brewery. In the back. <laughs> yeah. Go to the back. Where we will just read scripture. And hide the ladder. And hide the ladder. <laughs> Spot the ladder. All right, guys. Peace out, Napoleon. Bye.